This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. What is going on, everybody? It is episode 112 of Pop Culture Crisis. My name is Brett. I'm here with my co-host. Introduce yourself, please. Hello, it's Mary. How you doing today? I'm doing great. Doing good? Yes. Ready to talk about a bunch of stuff? Oh, yeah. Okay. More than ready. Uh, we've got a guest today. Uh, were you here last week? I was here, last, here last week, week. alongside I, it of was, Dane. It was two weeks ago that you missed. Right. Yeah. Uh, introduce yourself. Please. I am Sarah Patch Lids. I'm typically producing Timcast IRL in the evenings, but I make the occasional exception for Pop Culture Crisis because I love you guys and love what you hear. Oh, well, thank you so yeah, much. You she makes an exception for us. You're welcome. She uh, she blesses us with her presence. <laughs> Grace you with my presence. Thank uh, you. You're welcome. Before, be- before we get started, I do want to make a note that we are uh, originally, yesterday we made note that we are going live next week on That's Monday, exciting. May the 9th. It is actually going to be... The following week, Monday, May 16th, we're going to take some time, make sure computers, everything's up and running well and get everything polished and ready to go. Uh, and I'm going to be advertising in the segments on YouTube uh, with a, a note ahead, you know, ahead of each segment that lists like that. Like an opener? Yeah, that's cool. going to just let people know that the following week they'll be able to start catching us live. So awesome. that will be at 3 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on YouTube. Very so cool. We're so excited. Mary Exciting. is very excited. Look at you her face. You aren't. Uh, <laughs> I, well, I've got like production worries so i've got I, i'm excited nervous right. you're just excited because you get to just be excited uh <laughs> I, i'm production i'm, I'm excited nervous it's kind of like chaotic energy it's like chaotic good chaotic evil i'm excited nervous not just excited excited right. i promise i won't actually pour a baja blast all over the please computer. don't do that uh, for 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 uh for reference <laughs> there uh andy was uh filling uh marion on uh andy who is uh lydia's Husband. That's correct, Andy. Uh, and our technical advisor, our, our technical expert here at uh, at the company, was informing Mary about the wonderful world of computer juice. That's right. Uh, which <laughs> like, she thought sounded like a fake thing. It does. Yeah. It sounded like you were just playing a prank on me. <laughs> yes. Uh, but I, and I told her that you could find it at Seven Eleven in the in the um, in the fountain drink machine. It does look like but that. Side note: uh, I love that you last week you were here as a single woman, mm-hmm. and now you're a wife. That is correct. We yeah. tied the knot last Thursday, which we understood with our six month anniversary because we're both very bad at math. It was our five month anniversary. <laughs> it doesn't matter. I was like, I don't care. Miscalculated. We'll pretend it's our six month Every month with you feels like a month and a half. <laughs> <laughs> feels like a month and one fourth. Exactly. <laughs> so that's I mean are you guys very happy? Of course. We're delighted. Still very much in honeymoon mode. I'm sure we'll grow out of it. Um Andy's already seen me at my worst, so it's like uh I get frustrated when we're traveling and stuff. Remember, uh, as I said, uh, the people who say uh, if you can't handle me at my worst, you don't deserve me at my best are only is only ever said by people who are literally never Always at, at their, their best. Yeah. Wasn't that misquoted for uh, Marilyn Monroe? Probably. Like who originally said that? It certainly wasn't her. Someone terrible. That sounds like a Mar- <laughs> like something that would be attributed to her that she had nothing. Like she's rolling over in her grave. Yeah. Like I said, I she, yeah. first she had to see Kim Kardashian wear her dress. Now yeah, she's getting so misquoted. Uh, hey, 
I had no problem with that. That was I no problem. Of with course that. you didn't. But I stand <laughs> I stand fairly hard for for Very Kim Kardashian. So, so that's weird. okay. We got a bunch of stuff to talk about. We are going to talk. I. I Okay, so the thing about this show is uh, it's it's kind of my show and Mary's show, but since I pick a lot of the topics, I get to make decisions about what we cover. They're strategic. Yes, and I wanted to cover something that felt a little bit more than just the plain old uh, less than substantive discussion. Uh, so I found some stuff. I, I want to talk about an article I found talking about mental illness in the film industry and in cinema. Um, there's an article here that is more general from Cardi B about um seeing fame as a prison and i just i have general questions about both of these topics that i want to pose not even saying that i know have answers to them but i think it's worth it to ask questions about stuff like this in a more esoteric sense we've got uh, breaking news about dave Chappelle. we will get into that uh we got a bunch of stuff in podlux so if you ladies are ready to go let's go yeah are we ready yes are we ready yes okay all right so the first article the first thing that I really wanted to discuss here, it says mental illness is vastly underrepresented in popular films. Now, I found this very interesting, mainly because yesterday, was it two days ago that we covered the the article about Split, the movie Split? Yeah, that was two uh, days ago. Basically, what happened was is they, they were talking about how in that movie, uh, mental illness is poorly represented because the character in the movie has um, dissociative DID. identity disorder, which is like 0.01% of the rare. population yeah. or something like that. Extremely rare. And uh, they were just saying that it portrays them as violent and uh, crazy, but that's more so just projecting intentions onto the story. I think a lot of these problems comes from people who are highly critical of art uh, projecting their own insecurities, their own fears, their own ideas onto something that somebody else created without actually taking into account what that person looked to create overall. Right. Uh, in, in a movie like that, M. Night Shyamalan isn't doing it to be deep about necessarily DID, but he's a filmmaker and he wants to make an interesting a film with an interesting premise. But here's my question is that in a society as polarized and as sensitive as we are today, is it even possible to make a portrayal that is uh, representative that would actually work in a cinematic sense? Meaning, uh, can you even do antagonists anymore? Can somebody with these is are they allowed to be antagonists in this movie? And I'm actually asking that question or do they have to be good guys? Does it have to be only portrayed in a good light? That's a good question. I think that... Um mental illness is seen as some something of a deus ex machina for the creative world they view this as the way to make someone you know intense and very wound up and very unpredictable mm. i don't think that is entirely a fair characterization because i didn't work in mental health care per se but i worked in a cardiac unit and that meant a lot of our patients were victims of drug abuse and users and had some serious kind of and people who ha who have uh, it is not uncommon for people who struggle with a addiction to have underlying mental health concerns such as exactly. depression that's, exactly. that's very common right well and the problem is that i've taken the people that i have taken care of who had serious mental health issues were never almost never violent they weren't crazy or on you know like super interesting fascinating to be around they were very low-key they knew they had issues most of them took medicine and complied with you know their doctor's instructions they just would say things so far out of left field and you're like wow i don't know what that means but okay <laughs> So in this article, it's, it's, it says the report is from Dr. Stacy Smith from the USC Annenberg Inclusion Initiative, mm. which tells you uh, you have to be weary when you see studies like this uh, with a, with with a, a center with, yeah. with a name like that, because it means that they're 
uh, data driven they're going to be looking for results that help their cause find more funding i'm not saying that that's what happened in this case but you have to be careful when initiatives go out of their way like that um to question you know where the information comes from where the data comes from so it says uh, it found that of 4502 speaking or named characters across the top 200 top grossing films of 2019 only 1.5% were depicted with mental health conditions which is down from 1.7% in 2016 by contrast 21% of US adults experience mental illness according to a national population research study uh done by the US uh, National Comorbidity Survey so I don't that number seems very high is definitely inflated and not only that but uh, <laughs> society isn't sick it's just the culture being imposed on us is sick we're just fine and if anything like imagine if 21% of characters in our films were mentally ill in some right. form exactly. of fashion and by the way if you're counting just like depression and anxiety in that number doing. it's way overinflating the number of people who are like incapacitated by mental right. and i do want to point issues. out that as somebody who is both in recovery and was uh on uh, citalopram and prozac when he was younger and also uh very very attention deficit disorder not like the ha 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 i can't concentrate attention like deficit disorder like couldn't uh yeah like a lot of the the work that i've had to do to become functional again out of rehab was learning how to live without those meds which were worse than the symptoms of my addiction because they played into the worst aspects of my opioid meaning that go bring yourself up bring yourself down so i'm not speaking from this from a place of anger or ignorance or or disrespect i'm just asking questions that when you take something as serious as the concept of your mental health and you mix it with art which is a uniquely subjective and individualized experience especially from the writing standpoint is it even possible for these questions to be answered to the satisfaction of everyone right if you want a piece of art to speak to your subjective experience make art that is yes. your subjective experience right don't expect someone else's creation to speak to you personally or represent you personally it's one of the weirdest things about the concept of representation uh to me uh, mainly because you i never went out of my way to look for myself in characters if anything i went out of my way to look for characters that were so that lived a life so far beyond me yeah. that i found it interesting right. it like, should either be a hero that's aspirational or an antagonist that has some kind of character flaw in them that you've like taken out of yourself to make a story about to make mm -hmm. sense of it that's what a horror film is it's like you're taking something horrific from yourself and you're right. outsourcing it to to make sense of it you're turning it onto something else yeah they also go out of their way to break it down along racial and ethnic lines oh, uh in this uh it says more than half the films included in the in the latest report didn't feature a single character with a mental health condition and 30 percent of only only had one such character there's only if we're talking a movie uh your average movie length is what an hour and uh, on the short side an hour and 45 minutes on the long side two hours and 30 to two hours and 45 minutes there is only so much time in a movie that you can dedicate to something like that unless it is the entire theme 
of that movie. Like I found another thing here that talks about like the 18 best portrayals of, of mental illness in movies, but most of them are movies where the, where the entire theme of the movie revolves around their condition. Right. Uh, and that's not something you can really do if it's going to just be a character aspect of somebody that happens to be a main or a sub character, especially if it's not the main character. Like we, we were talking, I've, I've been rewatching the show Monk. That is a central theme. The yeah. OCD, obsessive compulsive disorder, is a central theme to that character. Moon Knight is out right now on Disney Plus, and dissociative identity is a central theme to that character. But whenever you have these topics, I, if I was a writer and I'm looking for the simplest way to tell a good story without getting a bunch of blowback from people, you're just going to like nowadays you're you're so creatively uh, boxed in yeah. by fear of what people are, how people are going to judge your work uh, from these types of perspectives of judgment and uh people who are on this kind of it's it's ident it's labeled it's labeled in identity politics it has less to do with storytelling and more to do with agenda and they're terrified of writing outside of your own experience i said this to mary the other day i said eventually you're just only going to be able to tell stories about tiny little uh, uh five foot tall yeah. <laughs> uh white women with blonde hair who live uh, in this side of the country, you'll never be able to tell another story because somebody will tell you that you don't understand. the. It's, it's not your lived experience, so you won't know how to, to accurately portray it. Exactly. I think filmmakers are already hamstrung enough by yep. all of this. Okay, it has to be marketable. Yep. It has to be diverse. It has to be inclusive. It has to have the right numbers of women. It has, the right, it has to have like the right numbers of different age groups. This is just one more thing. I think this is just making it harder and people are going to continue to be right. less and less interested imposing in imposing another quota. Right, just one more thing. There's a there's a group that literally breaks down every movie that comes out in Hollywood in a year and breaks it down around racial, ethnic, uh, and uh, and sexual lines. Or they're like, uh, and it's really funny because like it was like, do you remember Oscars So White? And then they, yeah. they broke it down. And it ended up being almost exactly along <laughs> race lines. Are you acknowledging that we share anything just in the human experience? Exactly. That's universal. Like it's bringing it, back in a way, This is just like projecting onto the the human condition that is suffering that is universal and slapping labels on it to make it medical and and this clinical thing that you can treat with something that is also medical which is just a product and does it have to be do, do, does the person in the movie is does it have to be uh, explicitly stated that the person has that condition or can you simply right, like, can you simply how far imply it? Are we going to take this? Yeah, yeah it's too much. Um, and it, we talk a lot on this show about how insane pop culture is, and that's kind of why we're doing this is because we're trying to have sane conversations about it. But it is enough to drive you crazy when, <laughs> like, the culture is sick and a sick culture is being imposed on you. Yep. We're not the sick ones. We don't want to be represented as like the dysfunctional members of society when Agreed. we're just trying to make sense of something that fundamentally doesn't make any sense. And maybe instead of including all these people with mental health issues, maybe we should try to figure out why so many people actually have these right. issues. Why are people depressed? Because you're saying that it's a product of our culture and I'm not entire. I'm kind of convinced. At least because, in part. Right, for sure. I think that it's in a very large part because of social media. Mm -hmm. It's in a very large part because of our cell phones and our digital stuff. And I think that if we don't address the underlying issue, I think this is just this is just like putting a band-aid yeah, on. I have another and then 21% of US adults experience mental illness. That stat 
makes it seem like it's this uh, static number that does not change. Right. Like you can't be suffering from mental illness in one stage of your life and then not suffer from it anymore. Right. Especially in regards to anxiety and depression, which can be situational. Definitely. And I do want to ask this question. So I, uh, they said, I, I found an article and it was saying, we need responsible forms of representation in media. And I actually just want to ask the question, is it an artist's art or media's job to accurately represent something or is it their job to tell a story i would say it is not their job it is our job as uh if you have kids if you uh, you know if you're a parent it is your job to raise the next generation to understand the difference between art and real life so that they're not getting conflated uh as seems to be they talk about in here they talk about how uh art uh art informs the world i'm like it shouldn't it should inform your artistic sensibilities and your imagination but it shouldn't inform the real world if anything art should be this idealistic form of the way we wish that the world were yes. i feel like that's kind of the way it has been and they're like oh there aren't enough people accurately portrayed with mental illness i'm like that's because we wish for a world that didn't have so I much mean, mental illness. there is a responsibility on the part of people creating stories to create something that doesn't degrade uh, the viewer by watching it. Right. Sure. <laughs> so I here's the most terrifying part of this second, this other, this uh, this uh, National Alliance and Mental Illness. Uh, in the very last paragraph, it says regulating representation of mental illness in the film industry is an integral part of the mental health movement's efforts to eliminate stigma. No. You cannot regulate your way into better understanding because you will hamper the ability of the artist to tell the story they want to tell. Eventually, you will get factory, uh, factory laid out work that has no soul no meaning behind it and people will gravitate away from it. right no one will want to watch Do that they think hollywood filmmakers are any less affected by mental illness than the rest <laughs> of the population so. it's <laughs> probably <more> so. overrepresented <laughs> yeah. and they are the ones making the stories so why do you still have an issue with it do you remember when we covered the story about the gray's anatomy writer who uh who got in trouble because they said she faked being sick to get a role because they said that Shonda Rhimes, who does who, who does all of those shows, who, who created Grey's Anatomy, wanted people who suffered from conditions to write because it would give them a unique uh, ability to understand that whatever they were writing, this character wrote, th- this lady wrote really, really well loved episodes. And now they're saying that her, her ex wife is saying that like, she didn't actually have those conditions or whatever it was. She didn't actually have it. So they're so <laughs> focused on that aspect of it, that th- she just proved, she kind of proved them wrong by just being creative and being a good writer. Right. That you can't possibly go over the barriers. Yeah. Of- like like shared experiences exist even it, if you don't get a diagnosis with the same illness that does kind of feel like we're, we've eliminated the idea of shared real world experience and turned into a form of neo segregation in in these industries yeah. that you can't get away from because they're you're terrified that you're like everyone uh, has to be in their camp you you have to stay in your lane communities yes, exactly stay in your lane that's what yeah. they say stay in your this lane this troubles me because i've already seen our culture getting more and more atomized yep. and it's a problem i really think it's an issue i think that's part of probably what's leading to this depression, this anxiety, is this feeling of being completely alone, especially if you live in a big city. Feeling alone when you're surrounded by people is one of the worst feelings you can have. It's awful. So I think that the the concept of isolating people further is really just going to I think that's why people effect. really liked the 2019 Joker because yes that character <laughs> was mentally ill but he also was experiencing loneliness which right. literally every human being Everyone identified. can and relate not, to. And right. not portrayed as a good guy 
Not, right. Yeah. Uh, he's he's uh, the Clearly main character, not. but he's there not a protagonist. There are aspects that you can sympathize with, and others that you don't. So it says the 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 report also found that film characters with mental illness are often subjected to derision. Now, I would like they're not saying that the people deriding them were the good guys. Right. You. Th- in the real world, unfortunately, people with mil- mental illness will be subjected to derision because people can be crappy people. That it yep. is not the writer's job to shy away from that because it makes you uncomfortable. Uh, nearly three quarters of them experience some form of disparagement with 45.1% facing derision specifically about their mental health and 40% were the, uh, were the object of jokes or humor related to their mental health and an increase from 22% in 2016. So my question is, is that are we supposed to sh- uh, to coddle the world and make them pretend that this stuff doesn't happen in yep. the real world? This is also open to like infinite yes. levels yeah. of interpretation, humor. like jokes at the expense How of... dare we? Like, did they make fun of the condition, but not the condition? I mean, are we just supposed to inaccurately represent people with mental illness? Like, yeah, this high-powered CEO or, like, stockbroker actually has, like, crippling depression or something. Like, Well, a lot of them probably do, and just they self-medicate with drugs and alcohol. But that means that, like... That's not a positive thing. No, like, but, but they're they're conflating you showing it in a glamorous light because uh, it's something that you know regular people who aren't sorry, part of the like stock not market. Every illness can be a secret superpower of something. Right. And that's sure. yeah, uh, Rain Man syndrome, <laughs> like where they like they they talk about like you know they glamorize the idea that he's like or, or uh, um, uh, savant like right, the, yeah. those are glamorized in those industries, but not every portrayal can make yeah. you. Uh, can give you the warm fuzzies you're going to see stuff that's going to make you uncomfortable that's what art is actually supposed to do i feel like we should display we should show that people with mental illnesses are often mocked and made fun of and we should show it in a negative light we should be like this is not the kind of culture we want to be that's a form of cultural shift for the good for the better i think only 29.6 percent okay the the only is my favorite part of this part so bear with me only 29.6 percent of characters with a mental health condition were shown in therapy you have two hours in a movie you don't always have time Time to show the person in therapy that that's like you're just telling them that the storytelling isn't important anymore and you're making it about you and what you think because should be you have there. to show people that they should go to therapy yeah. like this is so moralizing yeah it is it says really <laughs> uh, 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 it says uh, it says, uh 12% were shown 12.7% were shown receiving medication or other treatments it's like was this written by Pfizer Seriously? I feel like Pfizer wrote this. Yeah. Uh, it, says, it says, with solutions in mind, the initiative brought Jay Shetty, a best-selling author and on-purpose podcast. I think that's the guy who's married to Rush Machete? I have no I could idea. Be Only uh, you would know, Brian. Uh, I know. I have no idea. I could be wrong about that. Uh, I think I'm wrong about that. Um, no, Rush Machete was married to a guy who had a name similar to her character name in a show. Uh, and then, <laughs> there like, are so many like weaving webs of yarn. Yeah, yes, right now. Oh, my, my brain is a messy place to be too, <laughs> yeah. so I, I, I apologize. Uh, it's always so as he says, it says, it's always been my passion to bridge the gap between mental health and entertainment, Shetty said. The access that the initiative is to further explore these important matters on screen and on set and make real systematic change within the industry is what excites me the most. I'm always weary when I hear that many buzzwords in one paragraph it's probably a a, a prepared press statement that he made uh but anytime when there's one of these uh initiatives you have to be wary because where their funding comes from is they are not in the business of solving problems you they're in the business look of at their funding yes always no matter who it is like the uh, trevor project which is one of the things working with the white house you need to look at their funding because some of the companies that fund them actually create puberty blockers this is something you need to know you need to know the funding of all of these so so they talk i, I just pulled up this 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 is not 
attached to that list at all. This is just a list that says of the, the 18, 18 films that explore mental illness um, and saying that it doesn't need to be about mental illness, but it pushes the discourse forward. It says Silver Linings Playbook, uh, One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest, mm-hmm. which uh, Girl Interrupted. Those are all uh, films that w- are good in, in spite, like they're good because they're good movies, not necessarily because the focus was, ex- you know, exclusively on the concept of mental illness the king of staten island was not good that's that's not uh haven't seen it but it has p davidson so yeah i agree already black swan <laughs> fight club fight club is an incredible movie where right. it uses that as like i'm surprised like I, I wonder if the people who wrote that list would even want fight club included on that list given the way the movie turns out right exactly. uh, a beautiful mind is a perfect example of that kind of uh idealized um fictionalized you know hollywood version of of these conditions like uh somebody with a savant case capabilities that looks great on camera and makes for great dialogue but is uh seldom an accurate representation like how, of... how does that make someone with that illness feel yeah like oh i'm not like that this actually makes my life worse yes. every day <laughs> helping yeah so so i just think uh these are interesting questions to ask and uh, when we do this show sometimes we cover stuff whether it's the kardashians and and you guys find a way to like when you and hannah claire talk about the kardashians and you find a way to get at some semblance of what it means for society on something along the lines of like dresses and what that means for where culture has shifted there's like deeper discourse to be had in all of these topics but sometimes i have to find a more direct way to get to it because uh like we could do that with the movie reviews we do but a lot of times that ends up overly analytical and uh, like like we're talking about their biases like your own biases creep in so i kind of like the idea of having discussions about what this means for the genre or or the medium of film as a whole Uh, and i think one of the biggest things we need to look at is that you cannot regulate your way to fixing this problem and you can't uh box artists in and expect the work to get better it's only going to get worse right and look at the comments here and this person says these people understand that this is the entertainment business right key to this is one entertaining people and two making a profit despite what the authors of the this report seem to believe this isn't a public service responsibility for educating the public on mental health or other social ills societal ills with so many people suffering from depression anxiety etc in their day-to-day lives wouldn't it be nice to give them an escape for two hours instead of pandering to the loudest wokest corners of the internet that great was point. Uh, great I, we summary. should hire that guy to yeah, do right, my yeah. job. <laughs> That's a great, uh, great summary. That guy. Could People get... just have no authorities they trust anymore, and they feel like they need Hollywood to be their authority. That's Yikes. yes. Uh, There's the vacuum of power. Clearly. Yeah, it's a problem. I, I feel like the outskirts of that because I'm, uh, I, you know, I certainly don't trust your in, the institutions anymore. And I seen if there was one institution that I trust even less than the other ones, uh, <laughs> I don't know if I trust the government less or if I trust Hollywood less. But it's pretty. It's a. It's a race to the bottom. Yeah. Uh, like I'm not looking to either of them. Very for, close competition. Yeah, they're I, tied. <laughs> I, I'm not looking to either of them for moral uh, for moral authority. That is for sure. Mm-hmm, so, um, did you guys uh, did you get a chance to read the topic about uh, Cardi B? I looked at it a little bit. Okay. Um, so Cardi B says that she feels like she is a prisoner of fame. Yeah. And I thought this was an interesting concept because one of the things that we that tends to happen, like uh, I watched before even doing this podcast, I watch a lot. I watch a lot of YouTubers that cover these realms, not necessarily Cardi B that much. Sometimes she would drift into the discussion uh, when she had her incident, when, when it came out about her with, um, you know, 
men uh, uh, yes, before men. her yeah, uh, with drugging and, and, and robbing men uh, nice, like she would classily. drift into the conversation but uh, one of the biggest things that happens whenever a celebrity complains is everyone says well they're rich oh uh, boo hoo yeah. and that is my instinct is to be like you're a celebrity boo hoo you don't have real problems you're detached from reality the, now you pretty much have whatever lifestyle you want is it fair to say that it's Ac is it fair to say that yes perhaps detached from the common person yes but not void of problems exactly not not yeah. you can look at all these people yeah i'm trying to have a more nuanced view in this case you would you would think that money would solve all your problems but you can just look at all of these really really wealthy people who have serious drug issues many of them commit suicide they don't seem yes. to be happy but like one of the things she said was all of you out there who want to be famous and rich only go for the rich part don't yeah, go don't for fame yeah but it's right. like girl <laughs> i get that you can't back out of having notoriety forever but if you didn't want to live in the public eye you have the money this is the financial you security where you could easily disappear right. so why aren't you yeah uh part of it i think is that's you what get, i want to say you yeah. you get addicted to the to the the validation that Did you she feel admit on a regular that, no, she's, she's saying like, oh, I hate it. Like, but I'm saying there's like, nothing good about this. Th they're entangled. And also remember, this is like an Instagram rant. It's not like this is yeah, something she I, I wrote down and thought out. Thinking out loud. But what I'm what I'm saying is like when, when you're uh, when you become famous at this level, your name, your likeness is intrinsically tied to your business right. endeavors. And you can't just extricate yourself from that. I'm instantly. just saying like she could pull a Rihanna and have a brand of like makeup or skincare or clothing or you name it she, she could have a out. meeting and it would be done it would be a done deal right then and she could get out of the public eye whenever she pleases musicians is is a unique case in and of itself because a lot of them if they love live performances there is uh it's the same thing with people who love like professional wrestlers they love to be in front of a crowd of people right. uh it that's a rush unlike anything else you could possibly that's, experience that might be the case with her because she made a comment in this live where she was saying that if she could like instantly go back to being a stripper yeah she would yeah maybe that's just what she wants but then i have the feeling that that's also not true because like maybe settle for now like a, she's a waitress at a high-end restaurant yeah. she's switched <laughs> to a more lucrative way of just being degraded as yeah. a person basically yeah so it says cardi b has had it with fame saying the price of being a celebrity has created constant ridicule and put a target on her back i'm right with her yeah like about that part like to me the idea of being that famous, no matter how much money, Sounds is like not hell. worth the the constant need to. I, I I think of it as constant input. Like I don't need like my output is regulated by me. I decide what I put out in the world, whether it's doing this podcast every day, what I post on social media. What you don't have control of is the input. Meaning that unless your page is private and somebody like her can't really afford. I mean, she probably has private accounts that only you know, or her, her you, family, your group yeah. chats, whatever. But you don't get to just not you don't get to choose to not have input meaning that people are going to have their their two cents to say about you and they're going to feel that Ed, because you're a rich celebrity it is your job to listen to them uh, but then again if you have gotten to where she is in her career you're no longer responsible for promoting yourself you have other people yes employed who are promoting you for you it feels right? almost more so dangerous she actually can filter out yeah. looking at all of this stuff it she feels can. almost more dangerous for like influencers who are very tied to their brand exclusively they they're the one they're not it's not some marketing department looking at their analytics it's, it's them you. looking yeah. at their analytics well, she said she feels like her well she says she says herself she's like i haven't been able to be my true self since 2014 
that is hard. And I actually understand where she's coming from because I feel like um, I'm on Twitter. I have a relatively big presence on Twitter and I'm like, okay, so my role on Twitter is to be a positive role model for women like me who aren't like the normal millennial woman. It's a hard place to be. There aren't a lot of people like me. So I need to have a good front. I need to be honest without sharing too much about myself. I can't really, I don't want to say, you know, whatever dirty joke I'm thinking of, what kind of silly sense of humor. You have to worry about what you're putting out there without, you have to be both intellectually and emotionally honest with yourself and the world without oversharing. Can you lie by omission? Sure. On social media? Like if you feel like you want to say something and you don't, does that feel dishonest? A little bit sometimes, but you kind of get used to it. And I think her struggle might be she wants to be herself and say all this silly stuff that she thinks just off the cuff. Like, do you remember when she was ranting about her taxes? Do you remember when mm-hmm. she went no. off about she got like a paycheck and she's like, they took like 60% of my check. <laughs> what are you doing with this? And we're all like, yes, Queen Slay. Honestly, because like <laughs> you kind of blew up because uh, <laughs> she was on a talk show and saw somebody that she had beef with like before she even was famous and then called them out from on from the stage <laughs> and was like, hey, you, I'm talking to you. Hey, I know you. That's hilarious. <laughs> yeah, but I feel like you should be able to be yourself, but it is hard for someone whose whole brand is themselves yep you just kind of get stuck so it says cardi uh, seemingly addressed that anger in her live confessional saying she feels like she can't even make jokes anymore without people taking exactly. it seriously exactly. Uh, there's also a clip of billy eilish at the bash who many thought was calling cardi weird as she entertained guests cardi squashed that rumor though uh to posting dms between her and eilish where billy says she was only calling the party goers taking photos of cardi's butt weird <laughs> so no weird. beef yeah. there. i agree that's weird very nice of <laughs> also who are these people yeah, like if that's... you're not a celebrity but you are at the after party who are you uh, yeah, a lot on. of those people are paid from like modeling agencies to yeah model well no they, they hire like good-looking people to go and yeah mingle, uh, but then you shouldn't be harassing the actually relevant people <laughs> who are there uh <laughs> as for her advice to fans cardi b says she's too uh that she too once had a dream to be rich and famous but tells them that fame just ain't worth it mm-hmm. i think this is a classic case of like when you're destitute or in a nobody, you want to be rich and famous. You want what you don't intrinsically exactly. have. Once you're famous and wealthy and can no longer escape the public eye, you simply want what you used to have, but it's too late at that point. Yeah, you're like, uh, wow, this used to be so much simpler. It's the- weird to say it, but I guess there are freedoms that a stripper has, and like an unknown stripper has, so that an international, yeah. like famous musician doesn't have anymore. She says, uh, she continues her rant saying, I feel like God cursed me with fame. Fame is just, ugh, I hate it here. Mm. If I could, if I could click my effing feet three times and go back to effing 2013 when I was just a regular bitch dancing and making money every single night, that's where I want to be. The whole go by the book stuff, got to watch what you say, got to watch what you do. This is not me. This is ridiculous. I don't understand how I always get in trouble. Uh, That's because it's, it is literally the fakest industry uh, you could possibly, it's, it's designed to be uh, superficial. She strikes me as being a relatively genuine person. So I could see how that could be hard for her. Some people have a really hard time with that. Yep. But the issue is like with that comment, I just don't believe that she would be happier going back to stripping. It's sort of a situation it's of like, like hindsight's 2020. Yeah. Well, like grass is always greener on the other side, right? Yeah. Like in when you're in that profession, you it's still poor. have to be fake. Yeah, you have right. to pretend that you're enjoying yourself when you're not. There's a, there's an article I have here. It says the fame trap. It says Gen Z TikToker and influencer culture, which is Ooh, the other yeah. side of this discussion that I wanted to have. Meaning that uh, every day that now more than ever, uh, uh, young people want 
to be fair. You know, how many people in uh, the, the comparisons, I was like, in America, or in China, the kids want to grow up and be astronauts uh, and uh, high-level mathematicians and college professors. In America, they want to be YouTubers and TikTok influencers. As an aside, can I just say, I freaking love this magazine, A-R-E-O. I don't know how it's pronounced. Mm. Ario, Ario. They do like, like Oreo, philosophical with an stuff. Yeah. yeah. They do philosophical articles and they, they go long and they go hard. Mm. And it's like, oh, yep. this is actually really interesting. And Because and it, it brings me back, I'm not going to read too much from it, but it, it so there was a lot of John <laughs> like of what Jonathan Haidt used to say about social media comes to mind about how it's making us sick. Yeah. Uh, the dis- the constant need for external validation. It's when- making our desires sicker than they yeah. ever were yeah. meant to be. What's even worse about that is like, at least like you could say that somebody like Cardi B doing so for money makes sense financially. You're, you're ensuring your future. Doing it for likes on social media is even more self-destructive because you're treating it like a drug. It's a dopamine hit that you get to look at every time some, you know, someone says something nice about you, but you're not, there's no, you know, outside of unless you are smart enough to build a business around it, you're just doing it for a dopamine hit and not for anything that can actually substantially change your life in the future like something like money or connections or uh, future work can do which seems even more damaging to me right i think as as a gen z tiktoker (laughs) (laughs) you are the tiktok person yes um gen z is maybe attracted to this influencer role because the only relationship left that has not been marred by our culture is the one of like the person selling something and the other person buying something yeah and when every person is forced to be uh public facing in some fashion uh that (laughs) that's the only relationship that you have left Mm -hmm. to offer and people are so lonely that reaching out to an online community is sort of a last resort and I mean there's so much to it like just hopelessness and uh, people feeling like they don't have uh, the ability to work for a a better future for themselves like a family is is part of it that they think that uh, is there a misconception about just how much work goes into making a career in those in an industry like uh, whether whether it's influencer whether it's social media whether it's uh, YouTube they don't there's still like a disparity between somebody sees something on a television that looks uh, polished put together it's on a television which means it's been sent to a network and then you something on YouTube where just because you can upload on the same website as this guy doesn't mean that the same amount of work went into to making it. Right. So uh, so is there like a misconception about just how much work it is to actually use platforms like YouTube to make a living? I think people uh, find it appealing that you can control your own online image mm-hmm. when you're doing that versus in the traditional medium. Yeah. And also like YouTubers get to curate who they are who they seem to be behind the scenes as well uh so it seems like you know a youtuber would be able to have a more down-to-earth connection yeah with their audience but i think that's artificial as well that's that seems like that's coming to a close as the uh, as people with like i was i was talking about uh, there's influencers who have audience sizes and i'm just talking like a low tier like middle like, like there's a couple that i follow that have like one like 1. 1.5 million followers i'm like that's 
if I was a marketing manager, that's an insane amount of people you can reach but through now, just like, that one it's person. It's so inflated that yeah. even that is like kind of a, a minimal yeah. but i'm saying but depending on what your niche is like if you have a really good uh niche of uh, of what you're known for you can sell a lot of products to a lot of but people with the ideal now is that your niche is just you yeah like you are the product your name is being sold like tana mojo for instance what is she offering other than just her personality yeah to to have influence and it's working yeah but like there's this saying that you're only as sick as your secrets and it's I feel like it rings true in this in this case because when you're public facing or at least there's the expectation that in some capacity even if you're a nobody you will have a public facing account on social media you're kind of not allowed to not anymore. that's an account for who you are and what you have to say and what yeah. you have to present to the world that means you have more secrets yeah mm, yeah yep. Is, I mean, does, is this something, does does the notoriety that you get from being on IRL, does that, uh, is that something you find hard to deal with? No, because I've always attempted to be as fully forthright as I possibly can. I want to be honest. Um, part of that is that I'm very forgetful. And if I did try to do something like tell a lie, I would definitely forgot, forget and not be able to hold it up and see it through. But the other part is that it's so much simpler and so much more straightforward to let people realize that there are other people out there with whom they can identify yeah. on a genuine level. So as much as possible, I'm as genuine as I can be. And I find that people... And the attention doesn't bother you or get to you. No, no, I don't care. People say mean things sometimes. People say nice things sometimes. Yeah, I'm not saying i'm not even referring just to the negative attention i'm saying just the the weight of In the general, amount of people that... it just it just feels like responsibility to have a positive effect on the world so if you have a voice like if you with your tiktok and everything you have like this platform where you can be positive or negative if you choose to be so it is a lot of responsibility you also have to use it for for what it is like on right, tiktok yeah. you can't be expecting to have a real deep in-depth discussion about anything you need to just uh make it quick. say your piece <laughs> yeah. and go <laughs> yeah there we go. So that's uh, I, I think that maybe the best thing we can do as a culture is find a way to identify early on if what you want is that life, uh, at least as far as like, go ahead. That requires a great deal of self-reflection. And I think that most people in general, yeah. especially women, especially at that age, are not. Yes, they would have hard. Like for me, I knew for like, I never wanted to, I, I don't want a public image right. or to be like. I never uh, really did either. Um, I, I, I loved uh, attention when I skated. I loved it uh, in aspects because it's a skill set that that you hone over a period of time, and that's different. Again, than, that's a niche. That's not just the, you. And what I'm saying is, like, I I have a an easier time when somebody critiques something I do on skates. I'm like, look, I know I'm good. I don't give a fuck what you say. <laughs> right. That doesn't matter to me. <laughs> that's not the same thing as holding your opinions and view of the world to scrutiny from everyone, which is very different to me. Well, not it's not an attack on you to say you did this move wrong on skates. You're like, I know that I'm good. I don't need your input. I think that everybody who's online in any form of like, if with any deal of influence needs to know the truth about themselves. Which can be very hard. It is very hard. It is very challenging. But if you don't, you're going to be like blown by the winds of public opinion. And yeah. I think that's where Cardi B is at, unfortunately. Yep. So we will see where that goes. But I, like, I just think it's a discussion worth having because to yeah. me, the excuse always seems to fall back on, well, they're rich and famous. They're, they don't have any troubles. And I think, oh, that's, I think that's a very surface level way of looking at it, which to our credit, um, they, they make it easy sometimes with the stuff they say to want to just write them off in a way that's very, uh, uh, you know, basic. But uh, I think that, that was my immediate reaction. But I was like, no, Mary, like have some nuance. There you go. Well, yeah. We're looking for nuance here. That's right. <laughs> 
All right. Oh Dave Chappelle. Woo! Dave, uh, <laughs> Dave Chappelle is attacked, slammed on stage at Hollywood Bowl event. Attacker pulls gun on comedian. So first things first, it wasn't it wasn't, it wasn't a, gun. a real gun. Right. It was a fake gun that was a knife. Yeah. Which is very confusing to me. Um, <laughs> I just, it, just I agree. Sounds, it sounds like a skit. The first time I read that, I was like, huh? how does a, a knife look like a gun, though? Just shape it like that. Is this that? like a bayonet? Like, tell me the details. Like it would be very cool if the guy was carrying a I want to look at That'd it. Is there, a, is there an no image of, of this weapon? So, yeah. no. so it says, uh, Hollywood Bowl, Dave Chappelle's Hollywood Bowl performance Tuesday night came to a t uh, temporary screeching halt when someone rushed the stage and attacked the comedian. It was especially scary because we've learned the guy pulled out a gun. Uh, it went down toward that. the end of Dave's show, part of the Netflix is a joke festival, when a man in the audience somehow got on stage and manhandled Dave, tackling him and violently slamming to the oh, to the hard stage. Geez. I like that they like to make Dave look more badass. They called it a hard stage. Like it's like the very the the hard. No, look. it was plush. It was pop stage. Yeah. Yeah. Well, like what? <laughs> Thanks, Will Smith. Right. <laughs> this is all your fault. <laughs> Seriously. That, no, that was like people were talking about after the incident. They're like comedians everywhere are gonna have to be worried now. I'm like. I think is there some shortage of security guard companies in, Cal in California? This guy like, got past the metal happening detector. all the time. First, getting served court papers on stage. Yeah, yeah it's a little weird. How <laughs> you get past security, bro? Maybe it's like blue collar security workers are like protesting. They just give up. Like, I don't like they're you. protesting. They're like, I don't even care. But like, okay, did you watch the clip? Yes. What did he say immediately before this? Did he say something that like incited some anger? I don't know. I, did, I only saw it on TMZ without audio, so I don't mm. know it. Uh, oh, but to me, like there, there was like Dave. I th he had to have been talking about um, the. He, he is very polarizing in the transgender community. Dave Dave Chappelle is. Yeah, he so is. That that came up in in his bit at the end. He says uh, it says it went down towards the end of Dave's show, and then it says law enforcement tells TMZ the attacker actually pointed a gun at Chappelle as he rushed him. We're told the gun was not real; it was a replica of a semi-automatic. It also weirdly had a knife attached That's to the so gun. Weird. So now I'm picturing he like duct taped it like a bayonet <laughs> to the front. Uh, and the wow. question, uh, and the question, cops are asking this AM is how the guy got past the metal detector. They had caught, they confiscated phones at the event, which is why there isn't a million images. Yeah, of this. they just need to cavity search everyone uh, who walks into the uh, Dave Chappelle no, event. That would have been a fantastic segue later. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The segment. Hold on to that. Uh, we'll just uh, repeat it again. Yes. Yeah, yeah. uh, <laughs> An eyewitness tells TMZ that the attacker got up and started running as a swarm of people went after him. He was running around the screen, uh, uh, around the screen on the stage when the eyewitnesses put it the mob caught up with him and beat the crap out of him and stomped on him shows you how loved dave Chappelle is yeah everybody uh, loves dave. the eyewitnesses said <laughs> jamie wants to give him a big hug the eyewitnesses <laughs> said that jamie fox and bubba and bubba and buster rhymes <laughs> bubba uh, i was rhymes. uh both got a few licks and now i'm picturing buster rhymes rapping really fast and uh and beating this guy up <laughs> and jamie fox doing his you know his thing from Ray was it yeah. Ray that he was in yes mm -hmm. I think it was Ray that he was in uh, it says Dave continued with his act telling the audience I don't know what it is if that was a part of the show I grabbed I grabbed the back of that dude's head I, I'm editorializing <laughs> yes. here uh, his hair was spongy absorbent wow oh my gosh um, <laughs> just make fun of it yes after Chappelle uh, and it says uh, now get this the attacker uh, after the attack guess who was there Chris Rock. Whoa. So it's, it's, and he says uh, he was one of much. Dave's special guests. And as Chris walked on stage, he hugged his pal and said, was that Will Smith? 
I mean, I mean, that, as far as jokes go, they threw That's that one. That was like okay. that was hung right over the plate. If yeah. you don't hit that one out of the it's park, too easy. And, yes, uh, it's unclear who the attacker was and why he did it. But the show went on as fun. I do love the idea that it's kind of like the you know like the. Did this the, guy get away? No, they they caught okay. him. But I, I'm I'm oh, picturing no. the 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 parade the 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 Christmas parade. Uh, we may never know his motives. Uh, over Christmas, yeah, yeah, yeah that's, oh, that's, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm picturing that. That's what they're saying. Like, we may never know well, why yeah, he did this. Which is, yeah. So, Dave Chappelle's attacker was arrested by the LAPD. So, they they have a photo. I don't know if it's in this one or if it's in the box. Well, they messed that guy's yeah. arm. His up. arm is it's backwards. Aft. Like, you get, you get, I don't know if it's in this one. Yeah, look at. Oh, oh I can't look. My, oh, my shoulder that used just to gives you the heebie-jeebies. If you're listening, uh, if you are listening to this, the guy's arm looks like it was put on wrong. Have you ever seen one of those wacky, <laughs> uh, wavy, inflatable tube people? <laughs> yeah. Like if, if you if you took like the arm that. off of a Barbie and then yes. flipped it, it around. Yeah. Oh no! So it says the deadly. Uh, so they, it's Ooh. a replica gun. Uh, it says the, this guy is being held on thirty thousand. Oh, is they? I, I'm not going to say his name. I, that's not really important. Oh yeah. He's being held on thirty thousand dollars bail. The LAPD public inform information officer Mendez told Death line this morning apparently Chappelle was rushed by someone on stage and there are people who are saying that this is uh, because of past comments he's made about uh, the, the LGBTQIA that. community I don't know if that's true yeah uh, Dave made that comment during the show he joked that it was he a, joked yeah, yes yeah. he said it's a joke. It's a joke. He, he goes uh but that's the thing They're, you're not allowed to tell jokes anymore otherwise people are going to rush the stage and to be fair Chappelle is is famous for his unapologetic form Good. of comedy Good. so yeah. he, he understands that to be brash brave and unapologetic will come and with even after getting attacked at repeating another offensive joke yes you you have to Double applaud down. the guy yeah. <laughs> yes and like i guess got this fortitude is just, the ultimate demonstration that like in our day, uh, like the ethics of our day, uh, words are truly more powerful than physical violence. Yep. Yeah. Which is why the people who don't like your, uh, when people don't like your opinions, they want to be able to censor it because that, and they will use the fra phrases like words are violence, which <laughs> as we know. I mean, even your will to live after they attempt to cancel you is a weapon. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yep. They, and they want to use it. Like my favorite is whenever somebody who, who goes through like a severely bad public backlash, I hesitate to use the word canceling anymore because it's become, that term is even becoming well, weaponized. Yeah, uh, and monetized oh, and we're, we're going to talk about, about that at the end we're going to talk yeah. about that at the end today because that's i have a big issue mm -hmm. with where that's go with where things are going with that but there's this every time somebody goes through some bad public uh, uh backlash when they come back they're always surprised they're like i can't believe this person's ba back i'm like what did you expect him to just go into a hole and die they're adults they're they have to make a living yeah like that always like what uh what boggled my mind about who is it we were talking about uh yesterday um, we talked about somebody yesterday. I was like, that's working again for the first time in a while. I can't remember off the top of my head. But like every time something like this happens, I'm like, like, or like, like uh, Johnny Depp. Okay, like Johnny Depp. We're gonna talk about him, right? Like he's like oh, he still wants Chad like Michael Murray. Well, no, I was I, I was Johnny Depp that I was thinking about. Oh, so it's like okay. they want him to like just like what was he going to do? They human beings have a natural desire and inclination to be productive, to we be useful, to, to exert yourself. Right? You cannot eat, and they're always like. Uh, they talk about the famous old people who who say stuff that's anti-cancel culture because they're uncancelable because they don't have to make their money anymore. Right. But people still want to feel as if they're doing something, right. and not just feel that way to actually do something. To actually of value, they want to feel challenged, not be stagnant. Johnny Depp doesn't want to just 
live in his uh he doesn't want to just be scrooge mcduck and jump into a, a vat of money <laughs> he wants to go put his craft to use he wants to make movies he wants to make his art uh and whether whatever your opinions are on that form that medium it's his calling in life and he has a right to do that even if he has opinion even if these people have opinions that you disagree with uh, and it boggles my mind out every time somebody something happens. Chappelle is a perfect is the golden example of someone who is brave in their opinions and unwilling to bend the knee to people. Yep, uh, I feel like if they had the option, the uh, canceling would result in just annihilating you from existence. No, yeah. the, the the end result they want you to commit suicide. Yeah, the people who believe in that who who gaslight you That's and tell you that's the logical conclusion yes, of it all. If you, nothing else is yeah. good enough, you can't make money. You can't even apologize. You're you're ostracized by your family and friends. Even if your family and friends still love you, because we live in such a public-facing way now, they can't openly support you uh, for fear of people coming after them as well. Mm -hmm. Uh, There's no recourse other than to just uh, Minecraft yourself and uh, and just end it, and that's that's abhorrent to me. Like yeah, to, yeah. to look at the world and, no to, and it's also extremely devious because they're like, well, we didn't want that. We just want him to be held accountable for his actions. But you're being intellectually and morally right, dishonest. There's always the ulterior motive, yes. and as we've said before, over and over, if you apologize, you're in a way perpetrating this same ritual on other people. You're right. You're making it worse. The You're worst making it worse thing. for yourself and the next guy. The right. worst thing you can do is like the and and this is one of the hardest lines to draw is like I don't necessarily think that they're like uh, we've stigmatized apologies right so there may come a time where you do something that is worthy of an yeah. apology but here's the thing it shouldn't uh, almost never should it be to a group. It should, mm. You should apologize to individuals a who, you, might have hurt who you might have harmed. Yeah. Apologizing to a group is a recipe for insincerity exactly. and uh, a form of public coercion to get you to do so. Trying to get Gina Carano to do a 40-person Zoom call <laughs> is a struggle session. That's not, yeah. there's no actual That's a performance. Dis- yeah. That's not a personal interaction. It's right. not a recipe for sincerity. And then they would laugh at you and say, well, they won't say this part out loud. They'll say, we don't want sincerity. We want conformity, right? So uh, Dave Chappelle is like, if you want the gold standard of somebody who just believes what he believes and does not give a crap yeah. what you think, he is the best person that you could... Like, uh, if you're the target of a cancel mob, whatever you want to call it, I almost feel like you shouldn't even address the situation, but if you it. do... Don't apologize. Double oh, yeah. down. Yeah, either double down I don't, or ignore it. I say ignore it. I, yeah. I don't. I don't like double down. Doubling down either because well, I that's think, what he's doing. Yes, he's doubling down. I um, guess that's because it's his profession. For yeah. me, it's like uh, take advantage of the fact that this world now has the attention span of like a particularly a stupid gnat. Yeah, like <laughs> if, yeah. if you wait it out a couple of days. Uh, like, because what Until happens is someone like, storms the stage, the, tries like, to kill I get, you. I get like, uh, like when people say negative stuff to me on social media, I just don't engage. Because like, what they want is the response. Mm-hmm. They then want the three comments they get to make after that, based on whatever my response is. And if somebody comes at you unsolicited with rude comments, they're not looking for an actual conversation. They're looking to either hurt your feelings or start something, exactly. uh, and or that's, just humiliate you in some way. Exactly. And it's low effort. That's why I'm saying like. 
at least have the integrity to say something in person. Yes. So, so to me, it's like uh, everyone should uh, aspire to be more like Dave Chappelle. And I, I don't know about yes. doubling down. I don't know because I, I don't know what the guy who attacked him's motives are. So I don't know if that's necessarily but doubling you down. Can make He's a, doubling an down on his. Guess. Yes. Um, sure, maybe. <laughs> uh, so, so I don't know. But that guy. Look at that picture. Of that arm again. That is. Uh, no, like, I don't. I don't want to look again. You. Thank you. Did you guys see? Um, <laughs> I mentioned it here. Uh, somebody. It's really funny. It's like I always get this like weird um sense of pride when I when I like find something that I want to cover <laughs> that then other people cover later because mm -hmm. yeah, like, it's like uh, when bucko brings a rat to yes the um, but there was a I, I was reading this very long article that was like trying to lay the blame of like why netflix lost its two hundred thousand subscribers and one of the funny things in the article is they they try to lay the blame at like the the discord within the company that having dave Chappelle on caused uh, and somehow you think like in a company that makes all of the garbage that you guys make that nobody likes and nobody watches you somehow found a way to say that dave Chappelle is the reason you lost two hundred thousand subscribers when he was do, literally their rich. biggest do yeah, not profit don't make me laugh like yeah. they're, they're like it, it's so discord within <laughs> like, the who company are you fooling yeah. It's uh, it's it, these companies like this is why you don't hire activists to 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 work at your oh, company. They're learning the hard way. Um, Good for remember, them. it's not enough to just not be an activist. You should be actively anti-activist. That's uh, those those are my opinions. I think you're right. Um, <laughs> HR uh, people and activists don't understand numbers. Nope. So, uh, I I, I applaud Chappelle. The joke at the end was like it just proves you like he has to be willing to. He's kind of putting his money where his mouth is here because he it's is, like yeah. everyone. It's like the it's the Mike Tyson quote. Everyone's got a plan until they get punched yeah, in the mouth. True. <laughs> he got literally, he got his punch in the mouth yeah. and held true to his beliefs. And that's uh, and that was like his he's, plan all yeah, along. <laughs> he's not being scared into uh, into changing his views, which is uh, very, um, I guess, commendable in today's mm -hmm. in today's world. And what was it you mentioned earlier? You mentioned something about uh, the, the searches, uh, cavity searches at the. Yeah, yeah. maybe. If the metal detectors aren't working, they need to cavity search all the people going to this show. Well, speaking of what uh, a segue, cavity Such searches. a good segue. Speaking of cavity <laughs> searches, Podluck brings us to more Johnny Depp and Amber Heard news because, of course, it is this time uh, with cavity searches. We got a bunch of stuff for Podluck, but this one says right here. Uh, it says Johnny Depp did a cavity search for coke on Amber. Psychologist claims. Now I had to make the wild leap that they meant cocaine and not coca-cola because oh, i don't yeah. know where she would hide <laughs> i don't know, where you, would put I don't know yeah. where you hide the coca-cola maybe a very small coca-cola yeah. bottle maybe it's like it's like a fireball uh <laughs> oh, yeah, shooter really small. full of yeah. coca-cola um you know hey whatever you're into man uh, <laughs> judge John, johnny I, I i am the most libertarian but you do you i don't yeah. i don't care uh, johnny depp searched amber heard for, for cocaine once an inspection that apparently went in and around her body including private areas at least according to a forensic psychologist who claims Amber made the allegation uh, made the allegations during her evaluation of the actress. Now, I want to draw some like I I almost didn't cover this today, and I thought it would be dishonest of us to not cover stuff from the other side of the pers the other mm -hmm. perspectives. Uh, now, one thing that I seem to be um, finding to be a consistent piece for her side of the story is that her stuff is always is coming secondhand from like a psychologist who did an evaluation based on what she said. Right. Whereas the evidence that Johnny Depp provided was firsthand. It was uh, from like people who were actually there. Yeah. <laughs> well, we're, I'm I'm talking like this, like the bodyguard yeah. who says, "Look, that yeah. never happened. Look, this happened." So there's uh, the argument that. 
any employee of theirs has a bias towards the person that they were employed by, but exactly. you're literally on the scene. It's different than if you were her therapist who is just hearing, hearing her side of the story yeah. over and over again. And what I'm finding here, no what I'm finding here is the hilariously subjective nature of psychology. Uh, mm -hmm. I don't mean that in a rude way. It's Psych true. But it's like, uh, it says, lawyer, uh, Depp's psychologist believes that Hurd suffers from histrionic personality disorder. Like, if that's up to your judgment as a professional, but I get it, that you have the, your education, but it is ultimately... But you're hired by Depp to make an evaluation on her. Yeah. So, and then, uh, so uh, Depp's psychologist says that Hurd suffers from borderline personality disorder and histrionic personality disorder, whereas Amber Hurd's psychologist evaluating Amber it says she suffers yeah. from post-traumatic stress disorder uh and uh the uh somebody who's been the victim of spousal abuse pick your expert pay your expert get your diagnosis based yeah. on what you actually want which your is your like, diagnosis yeah <laughs> exactly the drive yeah. yeah it says uh, a psychologist told jurors on tuesday that amber heard suffering from post-traumatic is suffering from post-traumatic stress disorder due to a physical and sexual abuse due to physical and sexual abuse at the hands of her ex-husband johnny depp Again, now I have to ask this, like, how does she know that because she somebody provided her video evidence of this happening? Is it based on secondhand allegations that Amber Heard is making? When were these allegations made? Was it pre-divorce, post-divorce, uh, around the time of the trial, etc.? I don't think that you should be able to make claims like I had a cavity search forced on me without being able to give some kind of evidence. Yeah. Simply telling your counselor about it is not good enough. I'm sorry. Hughes was the first witness called because this is one of those things that they talk about uh, would come up a lot in like. I don't know if it was in Cassie J's movie, The Red Pill, where they, they would weaponize what women, the, the social workers would tell women what to tell psychologists to yep. get custody of kids, yep. which makes it inherently biased and inherently uh, really evil. That's very evil. Like evil. Because that means that, say, say that woman who says her to say that has the best intentions, wants the kid to be okay, doesn't want the, the kid to end up with an abusive husband, but that means you're operating off the premise that you're being told the truth without any empirical evidence to prove it exactly that scares me you're taking someone's word for it and this is a classic case of he said she said whereas if you have somebody like the bodyguard who is actually there you're bringing in an outside voice who was a witness to what actually happened and, and there's even like i said and if you're being fair you can even ask questions there because he was on depth's payroll you should right. ask questions it yeah. shouldn't you should not take one of the things this trial has taught me is that uh, like an actor like johnny depp is very good at charming of like, course and I, an and, actor. I, and I know that everything like he's back they've backed up everything that's said that's happened to him and uh, what's happened to him is awful but i'm always weary when something right. sounds too one-sided right to be to me, like it's very easy to paint that narrative of hero and villain, uh, and because everyone's the hero of their own. It's funny because like the only context in which you've seen either of these is in a story Actually where they movies, have yeah. to be one dimensional. Yep. Yeah. So and it's now a, it's a real situation where no one's completely right or wrong. Yeah. So it says when Mr. Depp was high, was drunk or high, he threw her on the bed, ripped off her nightgown, and tried to have sex with her. Hughes testified. Hughes also referenced incidents in which Depp allegedly penetrated her with his fingers and on one occasion with a bottle. She said. Nice. She said Depp sh showed particular jealousy towards James Franco, with whom he believed Heard was having an affair, having a relationship. These incidents often happened in a drug-fueled rage, and. To be perfectly honest, that's 
very common. Yep. If he's using uppers, if he's using stimulants, uh, if he uh, different people react to certain drugs a certain way, uh, that can be an absolutely terrifying thing to experience. If you're, you know, that's that's a classic case of like women who uh, marry men that are abusive when they're drunk, right? He's uh, yeah. he's the nicest guy in the world, but then when he drinks, he becomes a monster. Yep. So that, that's not the. It's not like that is without precedent. But I'm saying that in the court of uh, in what they're trying to prove here, you need to provide more than just flowery testimony that makes one side or the other look bad. So right. like with the allegation of the the cavity search on her, was that because she actually was using or was that also just kind of a delusion? They don't talk that oh, in here. Yeah. I thought it would have been because at one point she was um, controlling his meds when he was going through detox. Mm -hmm. uh, if you remember, that was one of the first examples where I pointed out where I said, look, they're take, they, they're making this uh, too pro. The, there was a story from the Daily Mail where they talk about Amber Heard withheld withheld yeah, uh, right. uh, medication from That's Johnny Depp and it was a complete misrepresentation because if you read if you read into it uh it was uh, he was supposed to get his uh, I don't know if he was taking uh suboxone or methadone right. but you get that on scheduled doses mm -hmm. and to take it outside of that too early can be dangerous Probably. but the problem is uh as somebody who's been through that when you're going through that initial part of withdrawal it's not supposed to be enough to last till, so that you're comfortable when you take the next dose. You'll you're survive. supposed to be coming down and uncomfortable again. Right. And so you will be begging uh, because, uh, like I said, addiction and withdrawal is something that I wouldn't, if I had a worst enemy, I wouldn't, wouldn't, wish, I, it I wouldn't wish it on them. Absolutely. Like he would, of course, be begging for it. So the characterization that she withheld his meds when she was actually, you know, assuming that what they're saying is true, was doing the right thing right. in that respect. So I, I take issue with that. Like that sucks because the real things that she did against him yeah. are should be bad enough, yeah. right? It you shouldn't don't have need mattered. to exaggerate. Exactly. Yep. Yeah. Exactly. That's it, and that's where we Thereby, have problem. Like discrediting the whole thing. That's where we eyes. we have problem with the media because yeah. they they're pushed to sensationalize. They're pushed yeah. to. There's even like like there's a lot of people who are like covering the trial so heavily because it's getting them so many views. Can you blame them? Mm -hmm. I can't like you can't well, like, I guess we're one of them. Well, it's like but like there's like it's like there's like there's whole sections of mm -hmm. YouTube that dedicate their that have dedicated a lot of time to covering it far more in depth right. than we are like much better yeah. and with much more detail. We're just kind of it's relevant right now. It will disappear after a time, but it shows you how easily the meat how we get corrupted by uh, whether it's the need for views, whether it's because you've invested Invested into one side of the story or the other. It it's is because very, these people aren't really real people to us. It's very easy to turn them into caricatures. Yeah, yeah. Like she's an evil blonde uh, temptress and he is uh, <laughs> Jack Sparrow on drugs. Yeah, exactly. Basically. <laughs> Which sounds kind of cool. Yeah, that actually doesn't <laughs> sound That would be bad. a fun movie. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like, I would want to say too that um, if we can look at the media and see how they're kind of mischaracterizing Amber Heard. And you need to know then that you need to extrapolate they, uh, extrapolate that to everything you read from the media yep. about everyone. That's like Tim talks about gay right. man amnesia effect all the time. Like if you if you what read a news report about something you know very very well, and you're like, holy crap, this is everything so about this is yeah. wrong. They're <laughs> yeah. not. This isn't accurate. This isn't accurate. Why is it that you go down to the next article about underwater basket weaving, like, oh, and you're yeah, like, yeah. that's fascinating. I didn't know that. Like you should assume that the the article about underwater basket weaving is just as inaccurate as the article written about the stuff that you understand. Yeah, but you their hope is to just implant that idea in True. you, so you just 
forget you memory hole it and then that's just right and what, assumption what you can do with something like underwater basket weaving is take that <laughs> idea and just like go to google with it yep. i really recommend people do that because i've been sharing statistics on twitter in light of recent events uh recent political events and people are like where does this come from How, where did you find this i'm like you can find it yourself it's very in the easy age to of information yeah we're the least well, curious we've ever been no but strange it, to me. no it's it, they don't overlook it, it's not through lack of information it's through overload of Maybe information too much. yeah here's the problem right. is like uh what paragraph like uh the best information you can find some people you have to go to a different search engine uh right. you'll get different search results right, on DuckDuckGo. yeah you'll get different results on DuckDuckGo in brave browser than you will on google right okay if you want to look at uh, a, a a good amount of them are ads. The first results you're right. going to get are mm -hmm. paid ads anyways. You, until you get to page three or four, you don't know if you're really getting into the meat of what could actually be the most important part of a topic. You're just getting, and that's like one of the, I have a friend who, uh, we, we don't talk much anymore, but he's like, he does, he got really, he didn't like the term fake news. He didn't like that concept. He's like, I can go to the AP and figure out what's going on in the world. I said, that's true, but you're still at the mercy, mercy even if you're to give the entire team credit that they're not acting out of dishonesty what they, they choose to cover right. is editorializing yes, what exactly. they choose not to cover is editorializing where they place the information in the article is leading you in a certain direction right. lie by omission and lie by uh, omission. structure yeah. no lie by structure i think is the worst mm -hmm. that's taking advantage of our lack of attention span yeah meaning that uh we'll place all of the pertinent information that discounts our theory in paragraph seven right because nobody makes it to paragraph seven exactly and that's like that was when i started to really realize that the media was evil in a way and this trial is a perfect example of like we let we kind of find it interesting so we too fall into the narrative of like good and evil she's clearly the a bad person but I'm still going to be hesitant to say that he was a good person. The good too. guy. Right. Yes. It does take a lot of work to be well-informed. And I yes. think that most people are relatively lazy. They're just like, I'll just let the AP tell me what to think. And you cannot do that. Well, I mean, that's, and that's to him, that that's not even laziness. That's just, he just has a trust in an institution you that we never. have, that we have fallen never, away from. Right. I, and yeah. until uh, Shane Cashman actually woke me up to the dead internet theory. Yep. And the fact that like Twitter is populated <laughs> by 80% bots. Yeah. When you I thought that the best way to get your news would be to just look at people talking about it and arguing about it. Curated. It, like, like, yeah, it'd have to be real people. People like scoff at the idea of like, why would somebody create fake accounts? I'm like, do you understand the every time you make a post on social media, do you look at how many likes it gets? That is the power of perceived influence, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. So do you know if all 250 people who liked your picture are real people? No, you don't care. You just looked at the number and you you feel good about it now take something as important as public discourse uh an opinion on something like domestic abuse you can shape a lot and change a lot of minds through perceived uh influence but through bots and right. things like exactly. that which is terrifying yeah it's good to know so i think we'll actually just make that a full segment that's like, great yeah that's fantastic I, we, ju we just we'll just get a, a full segment of it yeah, yeah. there there was a, a slight tangent there <laughs> a little bit little so uh oh also i did want to point out johnny depp does have a new like movie coming out yeah. that's going up for sale at Cannes this year that's exciting. uh good so we'll him. see if he, mm. if he comes out of this i think if there is something that you can say that doesn't need data to prove it up it's that uh public opinion is very much in his favor right now Yes. Um, I don't see it going the other way. I, I like great. that it's a historical movie. Yep. Mm. Who's a Louis the Fifteenth in the 
Yes. Yes. All right. All right. So back to Podluck. Oh, yeah. Back to Podluck. Okay. So uh, (laughs) this is going to be me making a a couple of inferences here because I'm a a fan of James Gunn's work that he did on the Suicide Squad. I understand that uh, I am in company of people who have not seen that movie. But if you were ever forced to see the new one. Yeah. yeah, Okay. Uh, Very, very good compared to the first one from 2016, which was just a glorified, horrible music video Mm -hmm. through no fault of David Ayer. um, The studio chopped it up and it's proof as to why Warner Brothers uh, suffered heavily from not having good leadership. But it's saying that Viola Davis is in talks for a Suicide Squad spinoff series on HBO Max. Uh, Amanda Waller will be uh, will be back in her own show, which won't be as goofy as the Peacemaker series starring John Cena. That's true because uh, that character is inherently not funny she's like she's actually portrayed as one of the most terrifying people in in dc because she's just very very uh manipulative power hungry mm-hmm. and uh an ambitious an woman. ambitious politically expedient and intelligent and a ruthless disregard for the people that she sees as pawns on a chessboard rather than so she doesn't have to be physically imposing i mean she actually is they call her in the in the comic she's actually called the wall she's uh, viola davis is tiny compared to what the characters portrayed like she's a stat hmm. her stature is imposing in the in the there's a great there's a i wish i oh i I should have pulled it up. There's a very famous panel of her lecturing Batman where it's like, it's a, it's a one shot from the side. She's like up, like looking up at Batman and he looks like really like uh, not scared, scared but like, like, like kind of <laughs> nervous yeah. by, by Amanda Waller. So that's like, it's like, she's supposed to look like that. They can and then, do some strategic camera angles. Yeah. maybe. But uh, Viola Davis pulls it off through sheer, like it's the, it's her, it's the way she acts with her eyes. Amanda she, Waller is five one. E, that's why. Yeah. She's tiny. Um, But in the comics, she's wide. Like, right. Uh, yeah. So she's like, that's the wall. But yeah. it's like, there's that famous one. She's like, lecturing batman and I, mm-hmm. I i love that concept but viola davis does that through her eyes she acts that role with extremely dead eyes of somebody who would absolutely use characters like criminals uh as chess pieces to achieve Ooh. her own uh political ends That's uh, great. uh of protecting uh of protecting uh america uh, at any mean by any means necessary so it mm-hmm. says the details include that davis who is an oscar-winning actress will star as the executive will star and executive produce and it's also said that the series won't be as goofy as peacemaker it wouldn't make sense to do it goofy it would mm-hmm. feel out of character her her like she plays in those movies she's kind of the straight man to everybody else like all the people who are members of the suicide squad are ridiculous criminals with names like polka dot man and uh and deadshot <laughs> like they're they're ridiculous people they're cartoonish they're cartoonish yeah. villains Cartoon she yeah. plays it straight which is uh mm-hmm. it, it kind of adds to how terrifying she is uh, i don't know like i saw this tweet that says she's the least interesting character in their in the suicide squad universe it would have they're not wrong about the the other characters are so animated and over the top that it's easy yeah. to want to you'll just have to change the tech the context uh, the nature of the show meaning that it will have to be more spy political thriller than goofy superhero villain um shoot em up story right. mm-hmm. uh the beauty of james gunn's suicide squad movies it took these uh he does the, what he does very well is he takes very ridiculous over the top characters and themes and finds a way to inject a lot of heart into them right which is why it works like i i sung the praises of this movie 
uh, of the Suicide Squad sequel to the moon because nobody saw it. it. They named it the Suicide Squad after the first one was called Suicide Squad. They clearly had no so high hopes stupid. for it. Right. <laughs> uh, so, and he does, he finds a very good way of making these evil, cartoonishly evil people have very human moments. Yeah. He would have to change his approach with her to make it more of like uh she has cartoonishly evil moments she she will be she will be almost cartoonishly stoic and evil uh. and the people around her will have to inject so now the question is do you make uh, her grow does she become a better person i don't think that really fits with the character to she shouldn't come yeah. out making her a better person they also used um in the in the peacemaker tv show, show has the character of adebayo who is her daughter mm -hmm. who you don't learn i mean everyone knew that that's who she was but you don't find out till the end uh you kind of oh no 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 never mind they they talk about it you knew early on, but the rest of the team does not know until later on in the gotcha. series. So we'll we'll see where this goes. I, I do think it could work. He, I think that he would that James Gunn would have to kind of um, limit his uh, his uh, need for over the topness. Like I don't know what he's going to do. He loves to put Scale his it back. his his uh, crazy music in there. I don't know how you do that with her. He's great. Um, I appreciate James Gunn quite a bit, uh, especially if you're you're okay with the the creepy tweets from ten years yep, ago. I'm just, not cool with that. Uh, not really either. Twitter but. was a like somebody pointed a, out it was a wild wild west back then so a lot of people point okay, out that i'm not excusing it yeah. i'm just saying it was a there's different, a limit different time to so, have you seen the tweets yeah okay yes so it says uh, a lot of like the number one thing they point out is that viola davis is a fantastic actress uh and she is and she should be given the opportunity like i don't know if you guys ever saw how to get away with murder mm -mm. the first three seasons oh, of how to get away with murder are very very good and that's like on the lower like that's just her tv work her, right. her, her other work is very very good so she could actually like one of the things that they have to worry about is like having people that have the charisma to lead and this is a role that requires a unique type of charisma meaning it can't be john cena over the top or uh or um, will smith over the top it has to be nuanced and kind of um stoic which requires a lot of um screen presence which i do believe she has my first impression of her was her, just her getting made fun of for the first lady yeah she right did. yeah and you know maybe she needs to redeem herself i liked her in the help I thought she was great in The Help. I didn't see that. that oh, that she was, was in The Help? Yeah, I didn't know that. Was. I like yeah, that movie. Yeah, yeah, she's great. So, I mean, I do think that the people have the, who, who say that she's the least interesting character, they're, they're like, they have their own perspective. They go to that sure, for yeah. the, the, the slappy, the slapstick type stuff that does, that's not the most interesting stuff to me. Right. Mm -hmm. um, Same. So. Uh, Lady Gaga. They're oh, worried for her. Oh, no. The people, apparently the other day I realized that um, uh, people hate Scientologists even more than they did before. I, I, I kind of was here like, look. I feel like that's one thing everyone should be able to agree on. <laughs> everyone. Yeah. Gets, look, I was like, look. It's bipartisan. I don't, I, I don't care about Scientology, but I'm almost like, I don't care about people who, I don't care about, like, if you want to be a Jehovah's Witness, be a Jehovah's but Witness. You if you want to be a Scientologist. you care because they literally abuse people. Like, true. Yeah, like, I don't you like You can't that. just be let, live and let live when that's not what they're doing. I, I like, is this, uh, was this proof? Like I said, I'm, I'm ignorant to this subject. Is that proven like they went i mean i'm no expert on it but it's pretty well but, known but clearly it's a cult people have problems with yeah. cults yeah, i get it I that's, sure that's, that's uh for me this is one of those things where i was like i was so um enamored by the fact that this lady's like look i don't want people judging my work based on my my i'm sure she would call it a religion you know we call it a cult they call it a religion yeah like i i'm so used to people being like if you don't like my politics don't watch my movies and don't buy my books which is to me it's like 
can you imagine being like a, a, a filmmaker, right? You spend years getting the financing, the producers shell out all this, mo- this money to get this movie made. And then the star of your movie is like, if you don't like it, don't go see it. Well, really it should be like, if it makes you that uncomfortable, use your own discretion and don't watch something that upsets yes. you. Yeah. But it's you that's the problem. So, so it says, Lady Gaga has snapped a photo with Hollywood leading actor Tom Cruise, which has some fans worried that he's trying to lure her into Scientology. I like- See, this is what I'm saying. People's first impressions of Tom Cruise and his name Shady. do involve Scientology. Yep. Maybe not you, Brett, but yeah. like that's the first thing I think of whenever someone mentions I think him. of the couch incident and I think of uh, and I think of Mission Impossible and Top Gun. Yeah, me too. I mean, I think of Top Gun and I think of Scientology. I think of how short he is and 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 his weird teeth. And I think of his his asymmetrical (laughs) veneers. Yeah, (laughs) I I just feel like he's gone through like phases in Hollywood where like he he's out, then he's in, then he's out, then he's in. Uh, But the I just don't think of Scientology. I just uh, maybe that's just well, you will now. Yeah, yeah, now I'm not. This (laughs) is all your guys' fault. Uh, Now I'm not going to be able to think of anything else. (laughs) Uh, So she wrote, "Thank you for coming to the show last night. I love you, uh, my friend Tom Cruise uh, at Tom Cruise." While some were thrilled over the unexpected friendship, many fans were worried that the 59 year old actor is trying to recruit the singer. Lady Gaga has autonomy. She can do whatever she wants. She would be wise before dabbling in Scientology because she has to know the Leah Romini story and all that stuff yeah like uh it says uh it says one person wrote please don't because lady scientology i think they meant don't become lady scientology Uh, another user commented don't let him recruit you babe (laughs) see that's weird that they call her like i don't like there's people who i know where I still feel weird about referring well, to them. It's a, it's a condescension thing. It's like calling you honey or sweetie while you're like, like I don't know. There's over friendliness with celebrities is weird. I'm I sent great. a message to to Michaela Peterson yesterday mm-hmm. uh, about this video that I found of Sonic. <laughs> Did you watch that one? We talked yeah. about Peter yeah, yeah. Sto- call Sonic a beta male. Um, <laughs> Petersonian and principles. They, they call it Petersonian principles. Stuff. And I sent that to her, and then I and then I was talking to somebody else about it. I said, and I sent it to Michaela Peterson. Because I I've known I know her, but I don't know her well enough to refer to her by just a first Michaela, name in yeah. third party company. So it's so weird when these people feel like they have these weird connected relationships with celebrities. Lady Gaga has really gone out of her way to be like, oh my little monsters, blah blah blah. So she's yeah. very much like at home with that weird, gross, sticky, over friendly stuff. We were watching. Uh, yeah, she was watching uh, an old Lonely Island video the other day. Uh, the, th- the throw it on the ground, Creep. and I. And and I know I had you play creep. You played through. You played well, through it on the yeah, ground. I love but I, I was watching. Uh, there's one for uh, that he does with. They do with like P Diddy, and um, uh, and Ryan uh, Reynolds. And no, no. no so that they, was later in the video. Uh, it's the one where they're in like a nightclub, and it's got the it's got Robin, who, who, the singer Robin from the '90s. Really. But in, in the beginning, it has this scene where he goes. He talks about his best friends like, yo, uh, Diddy, we're best friends, but I don't like clubs. I'm like, they, lo- they these two probably know each other kind of, but people love the idea of celebrities being like best friends. It's really weird. Sometimes like, they are. Like maybe they are, but, but people love the usually. idea 
fake for PR. Yeah. Yeah. That's all that fascinates like fake me. Fake beef, fake friendships. It's all fake. It's it's all fake. Yeah. Right? It's like the they're cr- all part of a club and we're not in That's it. That's right. Exactly. <laughs> so cool. So so hopefully Lady Gaga will not go to Scientology. She's smart. Dallas Sonia was talking about how how her new song slaps. Oh yeah. On Instagram. <laughs> it's really funny. She's got, no, she's doing a theme song to Top Gun. To the oh, new top. Cool. That's why they're that's why they're even okay. interacting oh, here. Oh, I see. Uh, they're working it, together. Yes. I wouldn't be too worried about it. Yeah. She's smart. A, so so we'll see where that goes. But I, uh, Dallas is like, yeah, like, he's like loves the song because he can't wait to see Top Gun. That's really funny. <laughs> so, uh, I can't I can't either. I'm I'm very excited it's to see Top Gun. Throwback for sure. All right. Um, Sharon Osbourne to headline docu series for Fox Nation. Yeah. I want to talk about this because I, I do truly believe that in the most um, hilariously uh, opportunistic and capitalist sense. We are turning cancel culture into a an economy. Yes, a- into let's a go. product. We yeah, are turning it into a product to sell people, and that's a good thing. If you don't want people getting can, if you want people who are getting canceled to to be able to work, be but you should be. Uh, Wait, could you refresh me on why Sharon Osbourne is now like a cancel culture a bunch messiah? Of coworkers. Uh, because <laughs> she much. had the temerity. Yes. To uh, to tell people that she didn't hate Piers Morgan, who she knew for yeah. like 20 years, because P- Piers Morgan had the temerity. <laughs> the, that, so am I using temerity, temerity right? No, that's right. Yeah, yeah. okay. <laughs> the gumption. Yeah. yeah. He, he had the nerve, the gall, Presum- the, the chutzpah yeah. to, to, to question uh, Meghan Markle over something yes. on like so he's like i don't know if everything she said in that interview is true and she attacked Meghan markle by proxy yeah yep, so that yep. made her proxy with war. Pierce Morgan. uh <laughs> so this just calls to mind the fact that like the cancel culture product is about how non-offending people are yeah. getting unfairly dogpiled which is a thing right definitely but real cancel culture is about when someone actually makes a mistake or actually offends people and then they are depersoned. It's kind and of essentially like attempted murder happens. It's it's kind of like uh false accusations against uh when we talk about assault. Mm-hmm. Like you said talk about like every time that there's a false accusation against someone, it uh it cheapens what happened when actual victims come forward this uh, is kind of it that's kind of what the, it's in it it's a i'm not saying like i'm not also, calling like, I'm, cancel culture isn't that you got hate comments no it's no. not that's it's not what it done. is it's like, like your job being gone yes it's it's, it's uh it's a it's a coordinated attack to get you to deperson you, you know from what society. else yes. it's it's something that uh is perpetrated against normal people not just celebrities in fact i would say more often ordinary people than celebrities because celebrities have usually have uh infinite job security because they themselves are their own brand or company wasn't there something about like a a guy who uh uh was oh it was the it was a it was like an what do you call it? Like an electrician had his arm out the window of a yeah, car. Yeah, a Hispanic and, electrician. And he was doing and he, he did and something he was, like this. He, he was doing like this, and somebody called his work yep. and got the dude fired Private because they believed 4chan. That girl who wore a kimono to her prom yep. and was blasted on the internet. And people from the actual culture were like, and people doxed her. Yeah, great, yeah. But like, people. Cancel culture is 
something where there are like real consequences and it attacks normal people who don't have an escape uh it's uh, it's somebody like um rittenhouse not being able to go to college someone whose because, only google results yeah. for their full name are going to be that and right. that's that's like one of the things that a lot of the youtube channels like when this stuff when i started like listening to this stuff in like early 2016 2017 uh and when it started to creep into comics right they do this those articles get written where you're where they label you as something so that the first thing that comes up when your name gets searched on google yep. is something negative evil. and that is evil yeah that is yeah. freaking evil and so, like i'm sorry but for sharon osborne you. when you google sharon osborne none of this comes up it doesn't come up that she was friends with pierce she morgan job, and though. blah 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 happened yeah she, well no she job. quit right i don't blame her for quitting. she quit because for she's like uh she's like i'm Look. just saying like there's choice involved true it she had a little autonomy <laughs> and she is an osborne this is cancel sake. culture the product not the reality exactly right? and i think that's something me and you will end up talking a lot about because yeah. i think other people will start catching on but the the smart savvy celebrities are going to use it as a brand Piers morgan yeah. is an early example of this i would say that even ricky gervais used it as a brand to right. an extent yeah. though his wasn't more about canceled his was more about just being honest with yourself about jokes he's more in, in line with Chappelle. He, he, he's more in line with Chappelle than he is with Piers <laughs> yeah, morgan right. but uh in general you have to start being weary that if you feel strongly about something there will be a a uh, a bright-faced uh, attractive celebrity somewhere trying to sell you it in a package yeah. uh, and that's something you should be very very careful they're selling with. your misfortune back to you or your like, fear of misfortune yeah. your they're fear like of... regurgitating cancel culture and selling it to you as your gruel yep so that's mm -hmm. that's something you that's... should that's that's awful right yeah I, did, I guess i didn't have to put it that viscerally but it's <laughs> true <laughs> I, I feel like her her being able to succeed with this is not really reassuring for the ordinary person like mm -hmm. the you know the electrician who was who had his arm on his window like he's not going to find that encouraging at all she's a celebrity who yeah. cares like good for her yay i do appreciate what the daily wire is doing and giving people like gina carano who actually was canceled who they tried to bring in front of a freaking um uh, struggle session yep. that's very meaningful yeah this we're gonna have uh, gina carano on. we're gonna have yeah. her on closer Please. to when her movie comes out this summer good thing you have a pop culture host who would be yeah, fantastic that's to right be that's on... a great idea yeah i wish we could on with her for sure brett's like yes score. <laughs> uh, i mean I, I don't stand very often but she's great uh, i'm so excited for that movie awesome. review yeah. other people are like i stand with gina carano i'm like i stand for G gina Car i stand so for great. gina carano she's i great. i don't just stand for uh with her i stand for her and that's that's okay <laughs> uh so yes uh I don't know if there's anywhere to go from here with something like this because it's going to be a product now for the foreseeable oh, for future. Sure. Yeah. Um, and so just and we're going to keep calling it out. Yes. Yep. Uh, so be very wary. Mm, yeah. <laughs> uh, Pop culture crisis yeah. is coming for you. Yeah. <laughs> I like the idea that there's stuff that we can be drawing attention to early on that yeah. people will. I think this will people will get hip to it eventually. Yeah. I feel like we're we ahead can of say it. we That's said right. it first. We're yep. hipsters. So. Uh, Lydia, thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me, Brett. I always love coming on Pop Culture Crisis. It's a great Gracing deviation. From I was trying to think of last week. I was like, because Dane was here. Yes. We did the... the Dane's, the, Dane's personality overpowered me as episode. it does, which is great. He's very fun. I was like, Dane, are you coming on today? He's like, no, I'm on with Shane on he, Sunday. He's coming Sunday. Yeah, he's coming Dane Sunday. Dane Shane. Oh, okay. Great yep. show. 
this morning mm. show. Fun. <laughs> Those are two very distantly like, different personalities. But so yeah, that both be, love Kanye. That's going to be interesting. Like yeah. Dane and Shane is like if oil and water actually did mix. Get along. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's great. I love them. Uh, tell everyone where they can find you. You guys can find me on Timcast IRL this evening at 8 p.m. Eastern time. You can also find me on TwitterMinds.com at Sour Patch Lids. I also changed my Instagram handle to Sour Patch Lighterman. L-E-I-T-E-R-M-A-N-N. That's my new last name. Uh, proud of it. So you made it harder to find I did. because love. I did. Yes, that's why. It's that's one of the sacrifices it's... we make. It's a great last name. I love that my name is like alliterated. Unfortunately, it will always be Lederman to me because it yeah, just doesn't look just like, like Lederman. Yeah, you pronouncing it wrong. <laughs> I do. It's, well, I spell Bocus wrong too on yeah. purpose. Yeah, okay. The Bocus is yeah, supposedly. Yeah, you need to stop. It's it's definitely with a C K. Yeah, he needs his his actual name. Hocus Pocus is Hocus just a Bocus. C. So Hocus Bocus. <laughs> okay, that's fair. That's uh, that's the hill I'm dying on today, guys. Okay, that's a very meaningful hill. Thank you, Brett. <laughs> uh, while I'm over here dying on this hill, Mary, why don't you tell them where they can find you? You can find me on Instagram at Closer Kitty for all of my hot takes on Instagram stories, including the fact that Kylie had the best Met Gala look. Oh, my. I'm that's also writing out. about uh, one of the Met Gala looks right now, so maybe Sweet. look out for that article. Article for the website? Mm-hmm. Article for the website. All right, guys, you can follow me on Instagram at Brett Dasovic. For the show, I want to remind you guys again that not this, not next week, but the week after, we are going live on Monday, Woo! May 16th at 3 p.m. Eastern time on YouTube. That will be the number one way to see the show from now on. So you can watch the whole thing start to finish. That's going to uh, be number one, Brett. I'm very excited. Yes, yes. That's, that's what, what I think. <laughs> or too. number two after IRL. Yes. Uh, <laughs> yeah, they're, they're basically on the they're, same. They're the same basically level. Basically the same. True, yeah. Yes. Well, you know, with, with time, things grow. That's right. Uh, if, for now, though, go to the YouTube channel and like the videos. Leave comments on the videos. Uh, Mary will read all those comments. Every she, single one. She, and then gives, I'm going to respond by snail mail. <laughs> I love it. It gives her life to read your Please neg- send hate mail, by the way. I'm oh, requesting nice. it officially. Really? To her, not me. Yeah. No. Uh, yeah, don't s- mention Brett. Just me. <laughs> send me nothing but love, praise, and Or nothing. Yeah, or, or nothing at all. Send nothing at edible all. arrangement. There yes. Yeah, like that. That's what yeah. I want. Uh, so not just the YouTube channel where uh, if you go into the description box to all of the YouTube videos, there's a link to the Spotify playlist. If you prefer to listen rather than watch, I do have a face for radio. Uh, <laughs> we're also on Amazon Music, Apple Podcasts, and on Pandora. And then on social media, you can find us on Facebook and TikTok. I'm going to say them first today to make Dane very happy. Mm. At Pop Culture Crisis. We are on Instagram, at Pop Culture Crisis Pod. And we are also on Twitter. At pop culture crisis underscore show. I did it backwards today and I didn't screw any of them up. Woo! That was good. Nice work. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> that's it for today, guys. We'll be back with another episode tomorrow. We'll see you then, guys. Bye. Bye. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.